living the authentic life with truly, when I read her resume and read her journey, Dr. Mila Sprouse is living the most authentic life, embracing her passions, changing the world, one patient at a time, one nurse at a time. And I feel so much love. Just met you once before today, but wow. Thank you for being here. Now, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share my story with you all. Well, and you are such a great storyteller. So let me ex give you, there's so much intro, but I try to not, I just try to loop people in. A recent introduction of Dr. Sprouse by a known physician sums it up. So what then do you call it when barriers or obstacles or the allegedly immovable objects are moved aside and overcome by the irresistible, unstoppable force of passion, courage, dedication, and joy? We call that Mila. Wow. Um, when I first heard that, um, oh my gosh. I know, it makes me want to cry right. too. Yes, and I actually cried when yes. I was being introduced to a big crowd. And you know the work that you do, right? Every day it's a standard work, but for someone to go up there on the stage and introduce you in such a humbling introduction, it, I, I was just like crying and so um, it was very touching uh -huh. and um, I reflected on that and I said every word I live by those words I still have opportunities to get better but I want everyone to really live through those words because that means you're impacting people and that's how I set my journey when I came here and when I went to school, um, that's how I meant it to be. And so no is not an answer for you. You find a way to be creative in the approach and the way that you, um, you look at medicine and you look at taking care of people. Give us a little bit of, um, you've done a lot of work with Angela Duckworth and grit and tenacity. Tell us a little bit about that journey? So it's actually the legacy my parents provided for me and worked on that. I um, grew up in a third world country with a lot of challenges, but more importantly, our family. Um, we were very poor and um, my parents believed in me and they said, you can do something. So whatever you do, we will support you, even though we don't have the money. And they actually sent me to a private school. Wow. And um, every, every year, a stack of uh, promissory notes that they actually signed. I graduated with a ton of promissory notes behind my name, but they wanted to have the opportunity for me to really grow. Um, throughout those years, I would go to school without lunch and I would barter my uh, brain, if you you know want to say that, uh, mm -hmm. to provide homework 
to others so that they can give me lunch. Wow. Um, I started as a seven-year-old selling tomatoes in the market and asking for people to buy my tomatoes that I actually bartered from the farmers and um, they would buy it and I get that also to take me to school to have lunch. So I did a lot of that. Um, I grew up in a family where the first five years we were considered affluent but things happened mm -hmm. and after that it went downhill for my parents and nothing was guaranteed for us and so my parents always say you have to work for everything and so you have to actually make sure you create your own destiny. And that's how I operated every barrier in school, in high school, in college. And that's what I did. And I graduated and then the first thing I did was um, took the exam and they said it's going to be very hard. Nothing is hard as long as you work on that. And uh, I was able to pass the test and I made it to the United States. I always say the eagle has landed, but there is more to that, right? And then throughout the years, I look for opportunities for me to just grow. And I know that over time, I really want to make sure that I impact a lot of nurses and a lot of people, especially patients. And when I had the opportunity to apply for the job at Baylor St. Luke's Medical mm -hmm. Center, and I came from another hospital that's a really good hospital. I said, this is a place that is pretty aligned with my values and their mission and vision is pretty aligned with mine and it will be impacting bigger and broader group of nurses as well as patients i want to go for it and i am blessed that i am in this position as the vice president of patient care services at baylor st luke's and here i am it's a long journey but i know i still have more to do okay there's so many incredible parts to this um the belief in education that your parents had that they believed in you i think that that's so empowering and that that really is translate into your belief in these nurses coming forward. I love that a huge focus of Baylor St. Luke's is bringing in new nurses. And then once they're there, keeping that education going because through knowledge, we can all overcome so much and you can take away money from people. Regimes can change in countries. Politicians can change. Economies change, but knowledge never changes. I totally agree with you. Um, I walked in at Baylor St. Luke's with the struggles of a pandemic and then post-pandemic and the challenges in vacancy across the country were not unique on that one. And so we have to pivot every time. We have to look for things we need to do. So we brought in a ton of nurses, unprecedented nurses in critical care. I cover critical care. We have one of the largest critical care department across the country. And it is, and we also, Baylor St. Luke's, 
takes care of the top 5% sickest patients in the country. And when you don't have the resources, nurses to take care of those patients, it stops everything at the door. Uh -huh. We cannot do that. And so we pivoted and said, let's bring these nurses. But more importantly, what you said is retaining them. And one, yes, and one of the things that I have done in past work life, as well as in here, is providing for them the opportunity to go to conferences. Yes. That is one retention piece that I so believe because I am a product of that. Right, and you know that it changed you. And I believe whether it's faith or whether it's just uh, family as a community, but we knew through the pandemic that community was so important to the growth. And for these nurses to meet other people with similar struggles who, I mean, we have to realize that nurses were on the front lines. Every time there's a new um, challenging uh, disease that's out, they are there to manage it, to help with it. The unknowns, not knowing if they're gonna get it themselves, if they're gonna bring it home to their loved ones. And then because of the shortage, the hours they worked, the how taxing it was on them but to let them connect with other people like them and then learn, that sense of community has to be so powerful. It is um, one of the conferences that I love for critical care nurses to go to is the NTI by the American Association of Critical Care Nurses. Every year, there's about almost 10 to 12,000 nurses across the country wow. and also international. Uh -huh. What you get to see yeah. there uh -huh. is actually hear stories that you're not alone. Yes. That burnout is across the board. Absolutely. And so you share stories how to overcome them. Yes. You're not going to be by yourself. There are others going through this. So you know what? Let's listen to how they did it and let's take that to our community, our organization, and actually modify that and fit our organization so that we can be better. When we just sit in our organization and this, my leaders and the nurses I talked to, and even today when we did the huddle at 6.30, and I said- You've already I'm, been to the hospital? Yes. Wow. Yes. What are your days like? How? What? What time do you um, normally? Sometimes uh, early because we like to do the huddles in the morning. What's a huddle? Um, getting everyone together uh, before the start of the shift, before the group on uh, night shift goes off. So, oh, so that's yes, it. we call it the huddle. From one leaving and the next Correct. one coming, that there's still connection. Right. And it's unusual to have the vice president leading the huddle. Yes. But uh, usually. It's, you know, um, our managers or directors. But today, um, you know, there were some challenges and I was there in one of the biggest critical care units in the country, which is our CV critical care. Mm -hmm. We do a ton of open heart surgery. Cardiovascular CV. Yes, okay. heart and lung transplants, mm -hmm. all the devices, pretty mm -hmm. amazing nurses. And so we walked in there today and we saw everyone was running, 
but as always they had this smile on their face and when we said let's huddle everyone um, got together there's about oh my gosh over 30 of them wow and we started about always reflection right yeah that's what we do at Baylor St. Luke's and I love that part and then we talk about I always go with the pillars, the quality, what have you all done? You've done so many great things. Mm -hmm. And that's so important for them to hear mm -hmm. because they work so hard and they want to know what they have done well. And I shared with them all the metrics that they did very well and also uh, opportunities for us to do better. And then wow. uh, recognize, recognition is part of a healthy work environment. Yes. They have some great uh, staff in there that have written abstracts and submitted mm -hmm. research and then we look at growth opportunities and then we go go team today is going to be um, a tough day but as long as we all are working together mm -hmm. um, we can overcome these things and I said you guys have my cell phone if you need me text me I think you that's have so your important with yes. leadership is to know that you're you're concerned about what they think and they feel that their voice matters and that they can be heard. It changes a group when they feel heard. I totally, totally agree with that. Leadership is about listening. Yes. Intentional listening. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my leaders, when someone walks into your office, Put your phone away mm -hmm. and make them the most mm -hmm. important person in that room. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel very strongly about that. That's actually part of my dissertation. When I uh, finished my doctoral degree, mm -hmm. I went through that research about what leaders should be doing. Mm -hmm. And so I try to emulate that. I'm not perfect. I always reflect on things that I could do better. Um, I was telling self-awareness is a big self-awareness huge yes it's huge and you have the on-stage behavior and off-stage as well it's okay Absolutely. to decompress behind right. closed yes. doors right? but I think it's also really um, inspiring as a leader to let people know that our struggles too and that it, we don't always know what the next step is, but we're trying to see a bigger vision that everybody can see from our perspective and from the information we know, and we can't show it, share all of it all the time with everyone. And so it's that confidence that they have in our journey. I love, there's a quote that I read that leaders take people where they haven't been before. And you, um, now more than ever, pre-COVID, it was about retaining nurses. Now it's about bringing new nurses in. So you have nurses there that have the passion but don't have the knowledge. So you have some really innovative ways that you're moving forward with that. Share with us. Um, of course. Um, so we have over 200 new nurses in critical care. Which and is that's scary for a lot of people. Yes. Nothing scares me. <laughs> well, that's the other good part, right? They need to know the leader's not scared. Right. That you believe in them, that you know you're going to give them the tools to succeed. And that's, and that's the thing. And there's a reality to it. You will lose some, 
Yes. And you will win a lot. And yes. those that you're about to lose, yes. pay attention to them. See if you can convert them yes. into that side where you're yes. going to win them. But when someone is determined to leave, mm -hmm. yes. they already made up their mind. Yes. And here's one of the things that I tell everyone when they do have a conversation with them. Yes. We respect your decision we know that you did that for you and your family we would love for you to stay here but you are going on a new journey and we are very happy for you in the future let us know reach out to me if you need something if you want to come back that's lasting impact. Absolutely. Because some people have an impression that the grass is greener and oftentimes when you're there in the new grass, you realize that it was only the reflection and it wasn't the reality. <laughs> that's so, always. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, um, and, and because you've learned that, because you've lived it in your life lessons, I feel like that's the other thing that makes you so exceptional is that you came from a place of pain. You came from a place of going without. You had tremendous sacrifice and you model that behavior for the nurses. Tell us about the mentoring programs you have there. So um, with that many um, nurses, we actually made sure, and this is about also a huge initiative by mm -hmm. Baylor St. Luke's mm -hmm. and Common mm -hmm. Spirit as a whole. Oh, yes. Um, we to explain to people what that is. So Baylor St. Luke's is under Common Spirit, which uh -huh. is actually one of the largest nonprofit enterprise in the country. Okay. And we have 150 hospitals mm -hmm. across the country and each of the regions have their division. Mm -hmm. And we are under Texas division mm -hmm. and and then Baylor St. Luke's is the flagship of the Texas division because we are the largest okay. um, organization within the Texas enterprise. Mm -hmm. So anything that we do, we get support from the division as well as the national. Okay. So we have to leverage that as mm -hmm. well. But within the organization, we can do a lot of things. And one of the things that's the low hanging fruit is touch base, touch point couldn't um, have meetings with them. When we started our journey with uh -huh. our February 2021, uh -huh. I was doing lunches with our new residents. And we have this beautiful atrium at Baylor St. Luke's. And I would ask them to go get their lunch and we sit down and I just open it up to discussion. What have you all seen? What are the things that you you've seen that are positive, what are the things that are challenging? What can we do to actually help you get there? Um, a lot of feedback we have learned from that first group uh -huh. that we said we're not going to do that anymore. And this is what I tell everyone. It's a journey. Every phase, uh -huh. we will make mistakes and we will make it better for everyone, which means if this group, we made mistakes with y'all, we're sorry. We're learning from it. But what you all and us are uh -huh. doing uh -huh. is creating a better journey for the future. Yes, so you're impacting all mm -hmm. others. And so um, I love that journey. And then 
The other piece is our virtual preceptorship. Yes, I'm so glad you're yes. talking about this because I think it's so fascinating. So and I think Grace Kelly might have to go visit outside. <laughs> we have Grace Kelly that is our um, office dog, but now she's in her begging mode instead of in her loving mode because well, everybody needs love, right? Yes. These nurses, we do at the Vintage Contessa too. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> do you again, have therapy dogs at the hospital? You know what? We don't have an official one uh -huh. but a lot of our nurses actually love therapy pets yeah and that's, that's another kind thing of we need to love. of yeah. what but i think it's hard for healthcare because dogs aren't necessarily the cleanest well that's true but i think there's always a way to that yes right? okay yeah. good yes. i like that idea yes <laughs> um so virtual preceptorship yes. so i'm a huge believer of if there's something happening that they're looking for a group to do it my hand always goes up i'm going to try that that's just me. You know, what are you going to lose? You either You've learn from You've been through it. so much, you're not afraid of failing because you know that failure is only a step in the right direction to success. And you wonderfully said it. I mean, eloquently, yes, that is what it is. And when it's they said- It's only momentary. It's like, we're gonna learn from this and get to the, yeah. Yes. and. So when they said, we need a place to do a proof of concept uh -huh. for virtual preceptorship. Well, I know virtual ICU from past life. Uh -huh. And so that preceptorship was, uh -huh. uh, was another piece. Uh -huh. And so when they said that, wow, what an amazing thing. Uh -huh. I want to do it with one of the units. So what it wow. is, is that you actually have what we call a cordiality, um, um, camera with yes. audio and video and behind that from another state there is an experienced nurse that's watching over what you intend it to be mm -hmm. in this case it's a preceptor well we are bringing a ton of nurses new nurses and we did not have a ton of preceptors so a layer of someone else is there helping to educate the nurses so an example if the live preceptor has two new nurses and she or he is actually busy with one of the new nurses in another patient, the other new nurse can ping that virtual preceptor and the virtual preceptor will come on the camera and said, may I help you? And she would say, I need help as far as um, having the central line changed. Can you go through this with me as far as the steps? And the virtual preceptor will go over the steps and then both the virtual preceptor and the nurse will go with that equipment, go into the patient's room, and then the virtual preceptor will be watching the nurse. It can focus onto the central line. The patient knows about this already, so they're not surprised, and the patient is taken care of. And the new nurse actually will have satisfaction that someone else is there to help them. Right. What an amazing concept. It's absolutely incredible. And such a big part of the challenge I hear from nurses is that it, there's such long shifts. It's difficult for them to be away from their families, especially a lot of moms miss the carpool pickup or drop off or the meals. This way they could be at home 
with their families. They could be in different locations. So it's truly such a great opportunity. It serves a lot of purpose, right? Um, helping the new graduates and then yes. you have a place for those who want to work remote. And the other piece is that look at the baby boomers. We're projecting millions of them actually retiring, but yet there's a bunch of them that are amazing nurses, right, but that cannot sustain to, 12 hours. No, we can use it's too them. taxing, exactly. We can use them. So give us numbers, because the numbers were astounding to me about how much, um, do you know how many nurses there's a lack of or what the, the hopeful um, numbers are for hiring? As far as Baylor St. Luke's or, or in general, in general, so the future of nursing 2020-2030 um, recommendations is that based on what it is, there's going to be a shortage of almost 500,000 plus nurses across the country. And maybe I'm over inflating that, but it's in there. It was a significant number. It and was such a shocking number that you can't even comprehend. So you think, okay, so our daughter has a lot of health challenges. Even now we go to the hospital. It took us three and a half hours to get an IV at the hospital. I mean, it. it's, and it's not because nurses aren't working. Literally, there's just so many people and so few people to take care of you. And that, and that was true. at Baylor St. Luke's. That was Texas Children's. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but still, and we, um, we even go so often that we have a friends and family um, that helps us connect with people sooner. And it's still, it's, it's, it's a real issue. And you don't realize it till you're there. You, you don't realize how important it is when there's something you need and you can't. And you're talking about critical care. And I'm going to tell you, and and I believe, and I encourage all leaders, and I think you all know this, you hear this, you've got to think outside the box to bring nurses. Yes. Um, this week, I had conversation with my um, leader, and I told her, we're going to pivot now. Mm -hmm. We met what we set off to bring all these new nurses. We're going to pivot to actually make the flow where we get our nurses from acute care to get into critical care. Okay. And, and the reason for that is that our vacancy is going so low um, that we need to bring our nurses within Baylor St. Luke's to grow. And we have done that, but mm -hmm. we have to strengthen it. And so there's just a lot of things that we can do to actually overcome the vacancy right now. We have to get ahead. We cannot be behind. Mm -hmm. When we are looking at eight nurses going into a nurse practitioner or a CRNA, uh -huh. plan ahead and mm -hmm. start filling that position mm -hmm. because that's very important. What's um, a CRNA? 
It's a certified registered nurse anesthetist. Okay. okay. Yes. And how and many years of training does it take to reach that so level? So right now they are required a doctoral degree. So um, on top of being a critical care nurse, when you get there, I believe two to three years additional. So, so overall, it's a five-year it's process. pretty intense Very because intense. it's anesthesia and mm -hmm. uh, you know there's a lot of work that it entails but they're taking those candidates for that CRNA mm -hmm. a school from critical care. Mm -hmm. So we actually um, just create an advancement for a mm -hmm. lot of nurses and uh, Baylor St. Luke's is one of them. We have a ton of nurses that went to CRNA as well as being nurse practitioners. So the other piece is that when you bring in more nurses, you know you're going to open up your hospital to patients. That to me is what we call initiative that improves access to care because if yes, you do access not have to care is nurses such, yes then you're you not can't. going to be able to do no. that i'm actually happy to share that um, i submitted the abstract of our work to the american nurse credentialing center the magnet i mean this is the magnet um, credentialing center and uh, they accepted the abstract that I submitted Wow and uh, we are doing a poster presentation there and it's sharing our journey that is and that's where real change happens when you create something that can be replicated in other places that's when you know that your work and your voice is heard far behind beyond your community Janae, first of all, thank you for having me in here. Uh, I love sharing our story, stories yes. at Baylor St. Luke's, um, sharing it to the world and making sure people get to hear it is powerful. The feedback, we will take that to create more stories. Yes. Because when you talk about research, it doesn't stop there, right? No, you it's not have, just about research. It's yeah. about the employees. It's about the culture. It's about also the culture that a female is a vice president. Tell us a little bit about that journey. How has being a female affected your journey? Because you also have a family. And I think that that um, I mean, my husband is so involved in our daughter's life, but I'm ultimately responsible for her, her care and her health, but then also working. How, let's talk about that as a woman. Yes, and um, may I say an Asian woman. Absolutely. Yes. Who um, has learned a language and come into a community from another community. And that is a journey as well. Um, I've been married 39 years with my favorite husband. I call him my favorite husband. <laughs> Rob's mine too, but there's yeah. a low bar there. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> um, he, uh, we have two children and uh, Benjamin and Claire and um, 
work around my favorite husband's schedule before because he was in broadcasting. Oh, and okay. so we move quite a bit and there's always a joke in there. Uh, I always tell him, oh, you married me because you know I'm a nurse, so I can always get a job wherever you want to go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, and, okay, this is another joke. <laughs> and, and my comeback to him is that, do you know why I married you? And he goes, why? Well, because I want my citizenship. <laughs> no. Well, I tell no, Rob no, I no. married him because he's a jeweler. So, you know, we all have our fun jokes. No, it's like, anyway, it's like, no, I love we're it. just like yes. kidding. But um, yes. you have to balance, right? Work it is. At home, you come home and you take care of you the kids. You have to have enough left for your family. And being physically caring for people who are in need of your emotional and physical attention. I think it's a lot. I think um, growing up, um, I was kind of used to just do it, do it, do it. Okay. Until you, you get to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. um, my husband, uh, he has been very supportive of me. I mean, very, very supportive. Uh -huh. I also owe a lot of things as far as perspective from the uh -huh. American way. Uh -huh. So I was able to understand a lot of the things that I did not know growing up. Uh -huh. And so um, he really helped me navigate that. He also is a huge fan of, you know, his life. Um, when I do presentations, he would actually sit in the back and listen. Aww. And then after that, he would come up to me and he goes, are you ready for my feedback? I said, no, <laughs> let me eat first. <laughs> let not me ready first. yet. Not ready yet. So a lot of that. And, yes. uh, and he always encouraged me. He says, you know, apply for it. You know you can do it. I am here for you. If there's anything you need mm -hmm. at home or whatever, I need you to let me know and I will do it. Mm -hmm. And um, we went through this journey after he retired, he's retired. And he says, wherever you wanna go, I'll be there with you. So wow. I was telling, um, is it Danelle? Uh, Danette, yes. Yeah. Um, we used to live in Humble, uh -huh. which is 45 minutes. Yes. And then after a month, I said, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. He says, do you want us to sell the house? I said, sure. We sold the house and uh, we got a townhome a mile from Baylor St. Luke's. But what I missed has been that 45 minutes of driving back home mm. or going to the hospital. I usually reflect a lot mm -hmm. of reflection of mm -hmm. what happened during the day. What could I have done better? What mm -hmm. could I have said better? That's always one of the things that I miss. Now I cannot finish my favorite song played on the, you know, on uh, uh, in the car, and I'm already at home. So when I get home, I always tell him, "Give me 30 minutes. I need to be by myself." Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I've dissected what I believe so much of the truths to be in living authentically. And the first part of it is reflect to discover your purpose. And I don't think that you can stay on your path for a purpose without reflection. I think it's such an important part, but once you figure it out, it makes all of the decisions in your life easier. You don't struggle with decisions as much because you're constantly reflecting and staying laser focused.
that that is that is true um he always asked me why do you like the word unstoppable because i said everything should be unstoppable wow yes and my favorite song is Unstoppable. Oh my Sia. gosh, I love it. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask that too. Yes. Um, it was... it's, and it's good. It's one of those like Rocky songs. Like right. you could just imagine yourself running, although I'm not a runner, <laughs> but uh, running to the shopping mall. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So you are winning. Um, you've been, you've won incredible, so many numerous awards, but this year you're, you're receiving the Beacon Award, one of 21 nurses around the country. Uh, 25. Yeah. 25. Uh -huh. Wow. So Tell us about that journey. So um, the exemplar that was submitted mm -hmm. by someone was about our journey in medication titration in critical care, which is mm -hmm. a huge piece in critical care across the country, and everyone mm -hmm. struggles. I that. don't know that term. So medication titration in critical care, you basically deal with medications and you go up and down mm -hmm. to stabilize the patient. Okay. Without that your patient is going to die uh, because these medications are powerful medications mm -hmm. um, it increases the blood pressure mm -hmm. it makes the heart rate go up mm -hmm. and all of that so uh, in 2017 Jake the Joint Commission released that requirement and we all in critical care across the country okay. and the reason why I say always critical care across the country I'm very uh, involved in associations okay, local great. regional and yes. national mm -hmm. uh, I always believe in that and we all yes, were so you very can share what you have here yes. with the smaller hospital that Correct. doesn't have the access you have yes and so when we did that um, a lot of hospitals are failing on that one we actually bottomed down at Baylor St. Luke's but mm -hmm. I said we can do this and so uh, we went through the journey every it's every week it's pretty intense I know my leaders were you know dying but hey we can do this um, in October only figuratively dying yes <laughs> <laughs> yes um, we have to be intentional right we yes have to know what at the end of what we do it's all about the patients that's the core of what we do absolutely it's patient safety and quality care so uh, we did that october we made it to 95 percent wow i mean that's a huge number wow and uh we're very proud of that. And our last meeting, I asked everyone to pause. And I told everyone, with all that we do, um, I appreciate all the work. But here's a takeaway from this. AACN, American Association of Critical Care Nurses, mm -hmm. worked with JACO on this. When it was released, it actually caused a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. and burnout mm -hmm. and distress on mm -hmm. a lot of critical care nurses. But the biggest takeaway on this is that if we truly want to impact our nursing practice, mm -hmm. you need to have a voice. What does that mean? about creating a voice, you need to be involved. Yep. Not only Agreed. within the yes. organization, yes. but outside the four walls of the organization. Amen. Do yes. not let anyone dictate your practice. Yes. If you yes. want anyone to dictate your practice, sit back and be told. Mm -hmm. You want to make a change, you need to be involved. Be the change. Be the change. Yes. And, and that's 
I'm very passionate about that. I love your passion. Have you heard of the term called ikigai? It's a Japanese term, and it means when you find out what the world needs, what you can be paid to do, what you love to do, and what you're good at, you reach this state of flow. And you are living this. Your, your passion keeps you going. Your fire burns so bright that it's contagious. You truly encompass a woman with a mission and a passion, and we're so blessed to have you. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm blessed to actually be a nurse. Um, when I was interviewed after graduation from high school, mm -hmm. we had to go through an intense interview with all the nuns. And they said, Mila, um, why do you want to be a nurse? And you need to have a perfect answer. Well, I did my research as a high school student. Yes. <laughs> and they told me how to answer it. And I said, I want to serve humanity. And I got the thumbs up. And I got out of there smiling as like, serve humanity. But then mm -hmm. at that moment, I said, hmm serve humanity. Well, I think this is what we're going to do over time. Oh my gosh. Over time. Oh. I just, I, when I hear people after the pandemic or during the pandemic, mm -hmm. I found, um, I, I reconnected with nursing. I found it to be my passion. No, nursing to me has been a calling from day one. It's a calling. It's a calling. And it's your discipleship. It's what you do and to give back to the people you love and your community. My favorite husband and I, <laughs> we, we drive on the weekends. <laughs> we drive on the weekends. We just start out of the garage and we say, we're going to drive left, right, north, south. We just drive. And wherever we end, that's where we're going to eat dinner. And the purpose of that is to have conversation. And if we even argue on something, we cannot jump out of the car. And we've done it so many times. It's like a huge, a, a nice flow. And he's, he said, I've been around nurses, honey, but you just really look at it differently. Mm -hmm. he, he feels it. Mm -hmm. I feel it. And I said, I don't want to die yet. I have so much to do. And he yes. goes, you're not going to die. <laughs> I said, I feel like my time is running out. It's like, what are you talking about? I said, what if someone hits me and I get into an accident? <laughs> and he goes, oh, you're so overdramatic. <laughs> but anyway, but that's, you know, we're kidding around, but that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I may not get everyone, but at least I know I will get someone one person, one nurse at a time, and that nurse is going to take care of that patient, and that patient is going to benefit from it. Well, there are so many ways for people to give to support nurses. We're doing an incredible event through St. Luke's Friends of Nursing. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast after the event, you can also just give because we give incredible scholarships that truly help pay for these um, conventions and these supports for them to learn more and to, to bring them forward. Um, and I'm just so proud to be a part of the organization. The event I have to tout is on April 18th, Tuesday at Balthazar Wine um, 
wine storage. It's an, an incredible space and um, it's a very intimate group getting together to celebrate these incredible nurses in St. Luke's and um, we'll send more in information on our website, but um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your passion, your heart, what you give to the community. Are there any parting words that you wanna share? Yes, I do. First of all, again, thank you for having me and thank you for listening. And you all heard today, there is something happening in April and we want you to be a part of it mm -hmm. because these kinds of events support us nurses and actually having us grow and be better nurses to take care of our patients. So join us and Danae is going to share all that link to yes. you. Yes, thank yes. you. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Okay, guys, keep loving one another in our community, keep paying it forward and keep living the authentic life. Thanks so much, till next week.